Okay, hi, welcome. Hi, welcome. <laughs> to the High Crimes Podcast. I am Kelly. And I am Jenna. <laughs> and we are here to talk about true crime. Murder. Murder. Um, yeah, and also just, I guess talk about our lives yeah, too and we share we do share some personal things on here which yeah. is fun and some of you probably don't give a shit but that's okay <laughs> we're going to assault your eardrums anyway yes so we're recording on <laughs> or in observance of memorial day yes in observance of memorial day which is yes. a monday we usually record on sunday but i was just not having it yeah yesterday was not a good day uh, so we just uh, decided to scrap it and record on Monday so we can be sure to have our this episode drop on time, which would be Tuesday. Tomorrow morning. Mm-hmm. Yes. And um, yeah, I mean, we're in a little bit much more of a better mood. We have the day <laughs> off today. Yes, both of us got the day off. We lucked out. Um, I've never had Memorial Day off before. Oh, so this is your first time, This is my, huh? <laughs> this is my first the time. The rookie! <laughs> um, I've, I've always, I've mostly had food service jobs where Memorial Day was like one of the busiest days of the year for food service. Or retail. Yeah, so um, I never was able to get the day off. But anyway, yeah, it's it was really nice. It was a very much needed day like just to have a day that was mm-hmm. given to me yeah. not having to request it and worry about like the consequence of requesting a day off <laughs> um she's making her boss mad by requesting the days off that her boss gave her <laughs> <laughs> i'm just kidding <laughs> sure <laughs> wink wink uh, but anyway so what have you been up to this last week um i have been Gosh, as you guys know, is a common theme in my life. Uh, I live a dull, boring life. Um, I have been working and uh, not much else. Yeah, she's Um, old and tired. I'm old and tired, but mostly I think I just need different friends. (laughs) Because we were having a conversation this morning and I was just saying like none of my friends would be down to day drink by the pool. Uh-huh. Yeah. You know? yeah. And she was talking about, uh, Jenna was talking about a trip that she wants to take with a couple of her friends where they're all going to go and day drink by yeah. the pool. We're just going to pay for a hotel and hang out right, at the hotel hang all out day. At the hotel. And I just think that is so freaking cool. And I need different friends. Not better friends because the friends I have are great, but I need different friends. Adventurous friends. Ones that are down to day drink by the pool. <laughs> I, there's one person in particular that I can think of that is down to do that. One of my friends? Yeah. In the same vicinity of us. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. She definitely would. That's how we met. But yeah, Day right? drinking Day by the pool last pool. summer. <laughs> and she is great. She's a terrific friend. But um, she moves at a much slower pace than I do. And even though I'm kind of heavy set. Um, she's retired. She's so she's retired. not in a rush. And, and you know, and I'm, I work still. I work a 40 plus hour a week job. So, <laughs> you know. There is a difference there, but anyway. What about you? What have you been up to this week? Um, I was on my last week of house sitting. Thank God that's Um, over. I know, thank God. I was... (laughs) 
I okay, I had a mental breakdown like four times this last week. Um Yeah, I had some like really bad anxiety issues in the um the end of the week, like Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, where I just had this like real sharp pain in my chest. If you guys have ever had anxiety, you know what I'm talking about where you're like Am I having a heart attack right. or a stroke? <laughs> I'm only 28. There's no way I should be having one of these. And it's just anxiety that's acting up. Mm-hmm. So that was most of my week was just the constant. The anxiety about the anxiety. pain right. in my chest. Where it, like physically was affecting me. It hurt to breathe. It hurt to walk. It, it hurt to sleep and lay down. I couldn't, I couldn't get comfortable and... My body's been really sore because I've been just, like, always up and going and not resting well. And so it was just, like, one thing after another with cooking. Well, as I have long since said, it's too late for me. But if you don't make time for your wellness, you'll make time for your illness. Yes. And I, yeah, and I was saying that the other night. Like, I just haven't had enough time for self-care. So I'm kind of, like, on the verge of a mental breakdown. And I just, and I don't have time to have one. And the person I was talking to was like, you don't need one of those. And I was like, you don't understand anxiety. (laughs) What's it like? What's it like to not have crushing anxiety all the time? So that was my week. <laughs> it was just constant crushing anxiety, and it was just, oh my gosh, I was, yeah. 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 Woo, I couldn't breathe. And today I have the day off, so it feels good because I got to move my um, mental breakdown over over from next Saturday till t- to today. So I got to have my mental breakdown this morning. So I feel great, but not better because there's still some stuff that's in disarray right now Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but i know in at least by um next monday when the kids come back Mm -hmm. i'm gonna be feeling fucking fire again so don't worry my friends she's good (laughs) i'm getting through it i'm gonna get through it um just because i have bad days doesn't mean i have a bad life so there you go yeah all that anxiety out that's kind of all i did this week was cry and have anxiety and eat (laughs) (laughs) so so shall we get to the murder Um, yeah let's do it so so as you all know um she is odd i am odd so jenna can't because jenna can't even so what is the episode today uh, five? it's episode five I believe. so jenna is gonna go first and i have the heavy hitter she's last. gonna go last okay so take it away hooray hooray here i am okay so um we talked about this last weekend <laughs> That we should do this murder. Mm-hmm. And because uh, it, it's very close to home. And I wish I knew how close to home. Because I would tell you if I did. But I, I know it's up. But I don't know which. Yeah. So I'm going to do the murder Daniel Wozniak. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And um, now tell he... everyone for those of us who don't who may not know who he is. Who, who is Daniel Wozniak? <laughs> so, Daniel Wozniak is a Long Beach native, but he decided to reside in Costa Mesa, which we have said that we are from. Mm-hmm. 
and um, he, you know, he fancied himself an actor, so he um, he was in the theater. I can't. I'll find it. I'm. I couldn't find a lot about this story because it was. It wasn't really a big deal. It wasn't a big name. It wasn't a big thing. It was just like a basic murder, mm-hmm. piece of shit guy kills really sad story guy and but it's really an interesting story it is an interesting story so um daniel wozniak is our killer who fancied himself an actor um and he killed pfc um samuel private first class yes samuel uh elizer her so i'm just gonna call him sam because that's what he went by and Sam's friend, Julie Kibuyushi, who I'm sorry if I butchered the name. Here and there, here and after referred to as Julie. Yes. So <laughs> Sam and Julie are the ones who got murdered. And he uh, murdered them at the Camden Martinique apartment complex. What? And for all of our friend listeners... <laughs> You guys know that we used to live there. Mm-hmm. Yep, sure <laughs> so, um, holy shit, I used to live there. Yeah, right. And um, so Daniel was getting married to his girlfriend and his girlfriend was bougie. And so I'm going to tell the story as I know it. And then I'm going to I'm going to um, bounce back and forth between Google, uh, Wikipedia so that I can give you the, the, the hard facts, the like details you know because i just know the story as a story i don't know the detailed details so um but he was getting married and she was super bougie and he was already in debt and she was like i want this and that and this and that and he was like i i'll make it happen but there was no way he could make it happen so um he has his friend sam who was um, 26 at the time. He was an army veteran of the 1st Squadron, 91st Cavalry Regiment of the 173rd Airborne Brigade Combat Team at a Los Alamitos theater. Holy shit. (laughs) That's a really long... um, So I guess they met while they were in theater together. Okay. So Wozniak was deeply in debt and unemployed, and her... Had or Sam had just um, gotten combat pay from the military and had um, confided in our friend to Daniel that he had um, a savings of about $62,000. So his his idea was to steal the money, Mm. essentially. He's like, oh, I'm getting married. I need that money. You don't need it. I need it. So... He, you know, comes up with this elaborate scheme to um, kill Sam and Julie and make it, or, but he's going to make it look like Sam killed Julie and then ran away. Mm. So he, I, I, I don't know who he killed first. Um, oh, he killed keep, uh, Julie. So he lured her to her apartment, which was at the Camden Martinique, and then he shot her and killed her. And then he staged the crime scene to look like she had been sexually assaulted and then murdered. 
What yeah. a piece yeah. of shit. And then um, he... Yeah. He, like, dismembered some of her limbs and shit. Like, I, d- I don't know what he was... So his idea was to make it look like Sam did it, right? So now he has to eliminate Sam. So he asked Sam to come to the theater to help him, like, move some shit around in the attic or whatever. And he pulls out a gun and shoots Sam in the back and kills Sam. What a coward. And, um, and he, like, I think he said something about, um, Daniel telling the police, like, I shot Sam in the back and he didn't even know what what happened because he stood up and was like oh it feels like i got um like electrocuted and then and then he shot him again and killed him yeah yeah wow yeah so um then he paid a 16 year old boy to go to sam's bank and withdraw a bunch of money like all shady like Mm -hmm. and of course um this all happened so they have his accounts on lockdown and so they see the the boy on the camera and then they find the boy obviously and um the boy's like oh well, I, like they paid this guy paid me to excuse me i need to burp essentially he paid me to yeah pay for all that money yeah yeah he and they're like who and he he's like oh this dude like daniel wozniak and they're like huh because daniel i would roll over on him too uh uh-huh because daniel originally told the police that um he came upon the crime scene or something like that and um called the police and like that's how the investigation got rolling you know so he like misled them into thinking that sam was the one who did it so they thought sam did it but sam's family was like no no he's not like that no yeah and so it was i mean it was a really cut and dry case because sam and julie were best friends sam was retired retired military because of i think he got wounded in battle Mm -hmm. He got his combat pay, $62,000. He probably had PTSD. So it was a cut and dry case. He had PTSD. Julie said something that offended him. They got in a fight. He killed her and and left. That's essentially what Daniel said that happened. Mm. And then, um, so it led to the boy. And then for some reason, Daniel said something about the number of gunshot wounds to Julie's head. Um... But there would have been no way for, like, they didn't even know, forensics didn't even know there were two bullet gunshot wounds because they were so close together. So, like, the untrained eye or The untrained eye would not have seen that there were two bullet wounds instead of one. So, yeah, he gave himself up. He was really fucking stupid. His fiance rolled on him. And, uh,. She also lied to the police, too, but, because, you know, they're fucking trying to steal some dude's money to get married, like, two fucking losers. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, he was like, yeah, fuck it, I did it. <laughs> wow. Can't get away with it now. So, um, this happened in 2010, and then in 2012, um... I guess was when, yeah, all this, like, was solved and whatever. Mm -hmm. And so, um, in 2018, 
the ex-fiance was convicted on two of two counts of um accessory after the fact yeah accessory after the fact huh. yeah and a sentence of maybe about 44 months and she was sentenced to 32 months with probation time served and good conduct and, and, and all of this because she lied to protect her piece of shit fiance. Yeah, so she's going to serve one to two years in the Orange County Jail. And I can guarantee you, honey, ain't nobody worth spending one to two years in the Orange County Jail. Yeah, and so, <laughs> um, of course, Wozniak, Daniel confessed. He led the authorities to Sam's body. It was in the El Dorado Nature Center in Long Beach. And then it... After more than five years of court proceedings, Daniel went to trial and was convicted on two counts of first-degree murder. He was sentenced to death on September 2016. Wow. So, of course, this is California, so he's not going to die. No, but he'll live out his entire life getting three hots in a cot. <laughs> yeah, in prison. So, that's the story of the guy who was killed at the apartment complex we used to live at. Mm-hmm. Wow. Yeah. What a piece of shit. Coward. Shooting that guy in the back. I know. What a what piece a of coward. shit. Wow. I hope you loved my well put together story, oh, everyone. Oh, fantastic. You really did your homework on That's that one. Perfect. <laughs> you know what? I did do my homework on that one because I was able to tell it as a story from right. my head based yeah. off of reading it from a manuscript on yeah. my computer. That's true. That's true. I'm just, I'm just giving her a hard time. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, we're going to get to mine. And um, I am actually doing serial killers. Oh, it's been a while since you've done a serial yes, killer. Yes, yes. And so we are going to delve deeply. Well, maybe snorkel worthy, maybe not scuba dive worthy <laughs> into the hillside stranglers. Oh, yes, yes. Those are some piece of shits right there. Piece of shits. Anyway, for four months during the fall and winter of 1977 to 1978, the hills of Los Angeles were littered with the bodies of women and girls aged 12 to 28. It was the work of two insatiable killers, though they were recognized as a single monster, one and the same, the Hillside Strangler. So we have two killers, but the police didn't know until much, much, much later that there was actually two. They thought he was one person. The Hillside Strangler had left the bodies of five young girls in the hills of Los Angeles within 30 days. By the end of their streak, they would have raped, tortured, and murdered some 10 women and girls between the ages of 28 and 12. To the horror of authorities and citizens alike, the Hillside Strangler was actually the work of two horrific men, Kenneth Bianchi and his cousin, Angelo Bono Jr. Yeah, fuck those guys. Fuck those guys. The worst pieces of shit. Pieces of shit. Kenneth Alessio Bianchi was was born on May 22nd, 1951 in Rochester, New York. 
And Angelo Anthony Buono was born October 5th, 1934 in Rochester, New York. So as you can see, there was a, what, 17-year age difference with Angelo being older. Before their massacre abruptly stopped in February of 1978, a nine-year-old boy found two of the Strangler's victims. He was with his friends on an adventure searching for buried treasure in the local dump's trash heap. From, a from afar, the boy would later tell the police that they looked just like mannequins. That's why he was willing to climb up over the filthy mattresses and get a close enough view to see what they really were. Two little girls, one age 12 and one age 14, neither much older than the boy stripped naked and left to rot there they'd been in the trash and the heat of the sun for a week their pretty faces had started to decay and there were swarms of insects all over them that's that's tragic those two young girls dolly cepeda and sonia johnson wouldn't be the last to die before the sun went down that night another body would be found and this is how it all began. <clears throat> the, <clears throat> the massacre did not start until Kenneth Bianchi and his cousin Angelo Buono first got together in January of 1976 when Bianchi moved from Rochester, New York to live with his cousin in Los Angeles. However, Bianchi would later be found responsible for seven murders, on, or excuse me, several murders on his own as is the case with many a murderer bianchi had a troubled past his mother was unstable and unable to care for him so he was adopted he was an unstable youth himself and later as an adult had difficulty holding down steady work but with his cousin he landed on a money-making scheme that would grow into a murder spree the older cousin Sorry, excuse me. Angelo is believed to have acted as a sort of role model for the younger cousin, Kenneth, and subsequently was able to sway him. The child of divorced parents, Buono was raised by his mother, but from even an early age, Buono seemed to have loathed women. Though he married several times, he proved to be an abusive husband. Angelo came up with a heinous idea that would become a murder spree. First, they would become pimps, he told his cousin. Sorry, and, that's my work lunch alarm. <laughs> and bring in teenaged runaways so no one would miss them, and, and he forced them to turn tricks. Bianchi and Bono first took in two teenage girls named Sabra Hannon and Becky Spears. Then, once they had them in Buono's home, they locked them up and forced them into prostitution. Bianchi and Buono were brutal. They beat the girls, pimped them, raped them, beat them even more, and when they tried to, or, and beat them even more when they tried to resist. They locked them in their rooms and only let them leave when they begged for permission. I would have gotten my ass killed the first day because anytime mm -hmm. any guy asks me for to beg for anything, I'm like, you know what? 
how about you go die yeah and i walk away i beg for nothing and no one (laughs) i would get myself killed the first day oh my god both of the women made successful escapes sabra hannon enlisted the help of a lawyer named david wood she said i was tired of getting beat up tired of all the threats and tired of engaging in prostitution Sabra would later tell it jury years later when the men who had tortured her were put on trial for murder. Holy shit. She was lucky that she got away because not long after she left, Bianchi and Buono's violent tendencies only worsened. Their first murder came a little after Sabra and Becky's escape. Determined to keep their pimping business alive, Bianchi and Buono paid a prostitute named Deborah Noble for a trick list with the names and numbers of customers in Los Angeles. Noble showed up at their house with another prostitute, Yolanda Washington, and sold them a phony list. Bianchi and Buono quickly realized this and wanted vengeance. They knew where to find Yolanda, who had often told them where she worked. Yolanda Washington's body was later found naked on a hillside near the Ventura Freeway on October 18, 1977. She was tied up with a tie around her neck, wrists, and legs pinned down. She'd been violently raped, and then her body had been washed clean to remove the evidence and left naked on the hill. Why was no one protecting her? Right. I don't know. Yeah. Well, this was this was the the prostitute who sold them the phony list. Yeah, I know. Like, yeah. So, yeah. <clears throat> A music store owner named Roland, or excuse me, Ronald Lemieux was the last person to see her alive. He would later testify that two men flashing police badges had pulled her off the street, handcuffed her, and pushed her into the back seat of an unmarked car. That didn't alarm him. <laughs> right? I'd be like Well, but they had but they had they were pretending to be cops. They were impersonating cops. I know, so but he even didn't he was like, that was a little sus- suspicious. Yeah, though. but this was right. But I mean this was in the late seventies. You didn't question authority then. Mm. So See, I would get killed on all aspects of everything. Right. Questioning. Right. right. <laughs> I don't listen to the serial killers. I don't listen to authority. <laughs> I never would have made it past the 70s, man. Oh, that would soon become Bianchi and Buono's trademark for their murders. They would pretend they were cops, flash a fake badge, and tell a woman she was coming downtown. Then they'd take her to to Angelo Bono's upholstery shop and make sure she was never seen again. That's fucking disgusting. Less than two weeks later, or is it fewer? Less than two weeks later, the Hillside Stranglers struck again. I hate you. <laughs> That's kind of an inside joke. Yeah. We'll get to that another time. This time they killed a 15-year-old runaway who'd been surviving by selling her body on the streets. Her body turned up November 1st, 1997. Oh, did I say the 70s? Yeah, this was the 70s, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I I did a typo. Oh, shit. Her body turned up November 1st, 1977, dumped in a residential area in La Crescenta. 
A waitress named Lisa Caston turned up next just five days later as she was the first woman they killed who wasn't a prostitute. On November 20th, the bodies of Dolly Cepeda, Sonia Johnson, and Christina Weckler all turned up on the same day. Holy shit. Yeah. They're just going They're out. just, yeah. They're wilding, man. The manner of death for Weckler was found to be particularly troubling as investigators found that the Stranglers had experimented with injecting her with household surface cleaners. Right. Could you imagine being injected with that and how painful it would be? Like, just the sheer torture of it. Yeah. Of all those chemicals. You would be sick. You would get sick. Oh, you would be so ill. Women in Los Angeles learned to live in fear. One woman named Kimberly Martin joined a call girl agency hoping that they would keep her safe. But instead, the agency accepted a call from two men using a payphone and sent her out to her death. Oh, my God. Martin's body was found on December 14th, 1977. She was found nude, strangled, and with electrical burns on her palms. She was 18 years old and the ninth victim of the Hillside Stranglers. There would be little more than two months of peace before the killers would strike a tenth and final time. Sorry, excuse me, I lost my place. Leaving the body of a woman named Cindy Hudspeth in the trunk of her Datsun inches from the edge of a cliff. Then suddenly, in February 1978, the massacre stopped. Kenneth Bianchi had left Los Angeles, so 50% of that team bolted, just as the spree had finished. He had fallen in love and spent most of his time in L.A. trying to win the hand of a woman named Kelly Boyd in marriage. What? Right. He met this girl named Kelly Boyd. And so he quit spending all his time with Angelo planning murders. And he was spending time with her because he was in love and he wanted to marry her. I don't understand how you could torture, rape, and murder women and then go in and then court another woman. Right. Like, what? Right. Where is the disconnect between Kelly Boyd and these other women? Right. Right. And unfortunately, that was never, you know fucking bizarre yeah boy kelly boyd never agreed to marry him but she did bear him a son oh god she gave birth to their boy ryan just days after the hillside strangler struck for the final time weeks after giving birth kelly boyd broke things off with bianchi and moved to washington state and in may of 1978 bianchi followed her to bellingham washington And this was his undoing. Good. But the killer in Bianchi seemed insatiable. Mm -hmm. On January 12th, 1979, Bianchi kidnapped and murdered two young students at Western Washington University. Without Angelo Bono helping him, Bianchi was clumsy about covering his tracks and the police (laughs) caught him the next day. (laughs) 
he didn't do jack shit so, did, during that cleanup, did he? We know who the brains of the operation, <laughs> and we know what Bianchi thought with. Uh-huh. The brains. <laughs> right. He'd killed the women in Washington the same way he'd killed the girls in L.A., and when the police pulled him in, they found out that he was still carrying a California driver's license. Kenneth Bianchi, they quickly realized, was one half of the Hillside Strangler. When they threatened him with capital punishment, which is the death penalty, um, Bianchi broke down and gave up his partner, Angelo Bono. During his trial, Bianchi tried to plead insanity and stated that he had multiple personality disorder. But the court said, I'ma call bullshit on this <laughs> one. Cause nah. Nah fam. Nah fam. Bianchi pleaded guilty to the Washington murders and five of the California murders and testified against his cousin to avoid the death penalty. He received six life sentences where Bono received life without parole. I mean, what's the difference? Mm -hmm. Six life sentences? Ugh. His, yeah. his sentence was lighter. Yeah, right. He has the possibility of parole. Uh, yeah, good luck with that. The jury ultimately voted against capital punishment. With his final words to the court, the presiding judge, Ronald Jord, cursed the rules that kept him from sentencing them to death. He said, Angelo Bono and Kenneth Bianchi slowly squeezed out of their victims their last breath of air and their promise for a future life. And all for what? The momentary sadistic thrill of enjoying a brief perverted sexual satisfaction and the venting of their hatred for women. The judge railed, if ever there was a case where the death penalty is appropriate, this is the case. Uh, yeah. Yeah. So. This is the case. Right? Exactly. So Bono died in prison in 2002. Good. And Bianchi is still living out his sentence after marrying a Louisiana pen pal in September of 89. His 2010 request for parole was denied. That's fucking disgusting. Yeah. Who would marry someone like right? that? Right? Right? Oh so my gosh. That's the story of the Hillside Stranglers. Okay, well, first of all, let's talk about um one the first thing I wanted to, to come to mind, which was the police thing where they flash in their badges mm -hmm. and they're pulling pe pe people over and that's how they got kidnapped right. and shit. I'm going to say this again because I said this last episode. If you're ever getting pulled over on a dark highway, on a dark street mm -hmm. where there's no signs or people or anything like that, mm -hmm. you call 911 right away and you let them know you're getting pulled over and then you, and then you drive until you find a place. Right that is safe for you to be pulled over mm -hmm. do not stop in on, on a dark highway because you think you have to you don't have right. to call yeah. 911 right. and let them know that you're not safe and you're going to pull over when you are safe and if they're legit cops they will understand they will. and they will know and they'll radio whatever cop is in that area you know mm -hmm. and let them know that they're you yeah. know they're going to pull over somewhere safe there's a whole yeah. way that they go about reaching out there you know so anyway there yeah. was that thing and the other thing was vigilante justice was what i was going to talk about yeah i they are 
so fucking lucky that vigilante justice didn't come into play mm-hmm. with this because they were out raping and killing people's daughters girlfriends sisters cousins whatever mm-hmm. if if i would have known that any one of those people was out there and they were close by you can guarantee that i would be taking part in the freaking right <laughs> massacre mm-hmm. I did a story in season one about vigilante justice. Mm-hmm. I'm probably going to do it again. Yeah, it was a really, it was a good, really good one. Yeah. And um, yeah, that just brings me to the boy who was murdered on the freeway in Costa yeah. Mesa over here. And um, they're really close to catching the guy. And um, he better hopes that the, the police catch him first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we were having a conversation yesterday at breakfast. Um, there was a road rage incident where a six-year-old boy was um shot and killed um while he was in the vehicle with his mother on the freeway mother and sister on the freeway um and they got a picture of the vehicle and um so anyway jenna and i were talking about it and we were saying we better hope or he the person the the perpetrator better hope that the cops get catch him first because there has been such a public outcry Mm -hmm for justice um because this was just senseless violence um that took a promising young life and so you know like if people like let's just say if that person lived in our neighborhood and we found him um yeah he would not be going to jail in one piece Mm -hmm. i guarantee it so he'd still be going to jail alive Alive, just not with all of his pieces right yeah exactly So, (laughs) yeah so um yeah just so freaking crazy i like people just disappoint me on every aspect yeah yeah so yeah i mean my faith in humanity is just so at such a low point i know i know i mean and you get a lot of shit too if you are a you know good decent kind person and you post it on social media for attention but like it should be fucking mainstream that you're going out of your way to try and you know be helpful and beneficial like like i do a lot of like you know good things sometimes but i don't publicly post about it Mm -hmm. and um because i don't want the attention for it i didn't do it for the attention but i feel like it should be mainstream to be nice and friendly and helpful well, and it, because it would shows people that look what you can do look let's help each other and we it, don't have to be such dicks it inspires other people to do it too yeah you know and it becomes more of a thing versus so just fucking be nice you guys right. come on yeah. like really and i and i will be the first to admit that i have had road rage that i yeah, sure. have gotten out of my car First of all, the only time I ever got out of my car to kick somebody's ass was when he damaged my property. Mm-hmm. Twice that happened to me, and he damaged my property first. Yeah. And so, you'd be pleased to know that I did not lay hands, even though I really freaking wanted to. <laughs> but on both occasions. Um, so, yeah, it's just, it's not safe for you to do stuff like that right. and to have road rage. And just freaking be nice, man. And yeah. if somebody is acting like that to you, just go, like fucking just god loves you yeah. or whatever you want to say loves you, man, and jesus loves you on. peace be with you namaste, namaste. whatever <laughs> look dude i don't know what your issue is but it's not about me have a good day like yeah. just don't don't feed into the into that bullshit so right. anyway naturally we can't end the 
podcast on a deep dark depressing right, note right. like those notes that we yeah, just brought up yeah. so um what's your highlight this week oh gosh i had such a busy week of doing nothing <laughs> i um she napped a lot i napped a lot no i <laughs> um on tuesday this last tuesday uh, we had a get together a work get together for uh one gal who is leaving the company she is going to go pursue her passion um she's going to go to nursing school and um, become a nurse and i love it and i adore her for it and i wish her well um and so we had a little get together to celebrate um you know her and then uh another colleague of mine uh, got a promotion and so we were celebrating his promotion. So that was super fun. We had a we went to a, a brewery that's a kind of a, around the corner from our office, and we had so much fun. There, food and alcohol, and oh my gosh, I stayed like literally an hour and a half longer than I intended, just because I was having so much fun. Um, and it was just nice to be there with my colleagues. And I mean, we, we, we did talk shop a little, but it wasn't all about that. Uh, one of my colleagues that was there is getting married. Um, another one, you know, just, just, it was fun because, uh, because of COVID we haven't, a lot of us haven't seen each other in over a year. And so it was nice to, um, to get together and do that. And... Um, I went to pay like my portion of the bill and I found out that the head boss man of our office footed the bill mm -hmm. and it was, from what I understand, the grand total of it all was over $1,500. Holy cow. But we had a great time. <laughs> Sounds great. Which is good because I would hate to have a crappy time for $1,500, if you know what I'm saying. Oh, right. So, yeah. So that was good. What about you? What's your highlight? Well, a lot of... <laughs> if you've been paying any attention in these last couple of episodes, you'd be thinking, what the fuck could she be happy about this week? Um, and I don't have one <laughs> because... Um, it's been a really shitty couple, like, I'm going to say a month, you know, just like the sequence of events that just have been happening and just the pile up of, of things. But, um, yeah, I mean, my, I read my tarot and it, it wasn't the answer that I wanted, but it's the, um, I, I knew it was going to go that way is essentially, you know, so mm -hmm. it was just like, it was refreshing to, um, get insight on and on the journey towards going that way. Right. Um, which is going to be a good journey. It's it's going to be a very enlightening journey. And it's going to be a little difficult. But um, I've been through worse. So I'm going to get through it. Um, but I think something that I'm, I'm excited about is definitely the birthday trip mm -hmm. that you were talking about. Um, it was... I was planning on going on a trip by myself for my birthday because I just felt like it would be good for me to go on a trip, go away for a couple of days and just like experience life alone, you know? And then it something happened that inspired a couple of girlfriends and I to um, take a fun fantasy trip 
And then I was like, well, I was planning on going that way for my birthday anyway, so I guess we could just add that on my stop. And I was, you know, joking, but serious. And those two friends were also really serious. So we planned a birthday trip for myself in July um, and got the A-OK for the, to book the hotel. So we're going to stay at a really good hotel. Um, We're going to get massages. We're going to have brunch and we're going to day drink all day long and sit by the pool and maybe go shopping and so it's gonna be really fun i'm really excited to go on the trip so excellent i think that's my highlight i'm excited for you too yeah but anyway um next week should be a little bit easier and a little bit better and less depressing right (laughs) (laughs) yeah well you know you have the uh, added pressure of of you know or the the released pressure if you will of of one thing of the yeah of one particular job that you do so that's helpful it has yeah yeah. Yeah. i'm in a much better mood i feel really good today versus how i felt on friday even even yesterday i feel better compared to yesterday well i think was it saturday that like i had to really help you yeah, Saturday yeah. I was just at my wit's end. Yeah. I just couldn't handle it anymore. <laughs> I had to basically and talk, not not literally. Talk me off fit, the ledge. Talk her off the ledge. Because I was going to have like... my mental breakdown <laughs> right there. I was like, no, you can't. Not you yet. don't have time for you a don't mental have time breakdown. You have mental breakdown right now. You need to pencil that in <laughs> for next Saturday or Monday if you get the day off. So here we are. <laughs> I made it. I made it, guys. If anything is positive about <laughs> yeah. that, I survived yeah. it. So anyway, anyway. Um, well, give us a like, follow, comment, rate, share, review, rate, review, subscribe, subscribe, download, download, <laughs> whatever you do these yeah. days. We don't know how it works, honestly. Yeah. Um, um, you know, uh, we're on, uh, Instagram has been getting quite a following lately. Yeah. You guys have really been coming through. We've been getting a lot of listens lately too. We um, love it. We love it. Thank I have you. been interacting on a lot of the pages that I follow for some like more, um, I, publicity, I guess. Exposure. Exposure. There we go. And so I've been trying to come up with like funny and witty comebacks to, posts or questions or something like that you know because i know when somebody click says something funny or witty i click on them to see what they're all about like oh that was really funny that's really creative what are they all about and then you know i i've listened to a lot of podcasts that that way or i found a lot of really cute Mm -hmm. like stores that way and so anyway um i hope it, it seems to be working we've been i think we're at past 200 followers on instagram oh that's great which is a big deal yeah <laughs> for people who don't know how to do the social media thing and our instagram is high crimes underscore podcast yes. so is our facebook again high crimes underscore podcast don't worry about facebook we don't ever use it yeah um also i mean if you go and if you like us on facebook and you want to comment on our facebook page hey you know we're we, we do still go on there I do, because I have to clear the yeah. notifications every yeah. time I get one. Yeah. So, um, we are... Oh, and if you want to send us an email about a story you want to hear, one of your highlights, 
Because look, we're all on this planet together and we should all celebrate together and lift each other up instead of tearing each other down. Um, the only people we tear down are the killers and murderers in our stories mm -hmm. because they're pieces of shit. But, um, you know, we want to hear about your highlights. We want to celebrate your highlights with you. I mean, did you get married, get engaged, have a baby, beat cancer? I mean, you know, what? get through COVID well. I mean, you know, tell us. Tell us. We want to hear from you. Uh, our email is uh, highcrimes underscore podcast at yahoo.com. We would love to hear from you guys. Love to hear from you. Yep. All right. Is that it? That's it. Okay. <laughs> Bye. Bye.